Well, good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Well, it's great to see all of you. I'm Josh, one of the pastors. And, you know, one of the things I love about Christmas, and maybe you do too, is that Christmas is like a time where people make announcements. Um, I, I love getting Christmas cards from people and uh, seeing how, you know, kids have grown. And, you know, I'm sure you love it too. Where, and then I love to see, like, my friends that I went to high school with and see that I'm in better shape than they are and I have more hair than they do. And so, like, I, I love that. I mean, I feel great about that. Um, but Christmas is a time where people make announcements, right? Like, you know, we send out the Christmas cards, we send out the updates, and, you know, maybe you send out, like, a, a Facebook update, and you're like, this is my Christmas card, and, you know, we make all kinds of announcements at Christmas. And, and we've known people who have made announcements about retirement, or being pregnant, or, you know, getting engaged, and this is the year, and, you know, they make all kinds of announcements where they say, this is the year I'm going to lose weight, and everyone just sits there and goes, yeah, that's, that's great, here's my third dessert, you know, and... Uh, like, but we make lots of announcements at Christmas, and, and that's what happened on the very first Christmas night that Katie read about, that an announcement happened, and announcements are things that change things, right? Announcements are big updates, but they change our stories. They change our lives, and, and I want you to picture this for a moment. I want you to picture this nighttime scene that Katie had read a moment ago, of this group of shepherds. And when we think of shepherds, you know, we think of the nativity set that you probably have up at home or that you drove through, you know, this year where, where they, you know, they have like a bathrobe on and like a, you know, a really nice, you know, shepherd's crook. And like that, that didn't exist. Like they didn't sit there and whittle a shepherd's crook with a hook at the top. Like they had sticks, they carried them around. And the shepherds were like the manly men. Like they were like the toughest of the tough. Like, they were the ones that if they were on the Alone show on Netflix, like, they would win. Like, they were the ones that if you need to survive in the wilderness, they're the ones you want to take, okay? So the shepherds, they're people who just walk with sheep. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Has anyone ever said, you know, the thing that I love is the smell of sheep in the morning? <laughs> no one's ever said that. No one's ever said, hey, I got you this Christmas candle. It's sheep. Like, No. Why? Because they smell, they get muddy, and sheep are the dumbest animals on the planet, right? I remember when I was in Israel, and when I was in college, I studied in Israel, and we went and we were talking to shepherds, and one of the things that he said was, you have to be careful because if one sheep goes up to the river and gets into the river, like the bottom of all their you know, wool and everything will get wet, and they'll fall over and drown in the river. And he said, but that's not the worst part. The worst part is, he went on, was that all the other sheep We'll just do what the, the first one did. And so the shepherds, they were the ones who had to guide the sheep. They had to make sure that they didn't fall into the ravine or into the river. They slept in with the sheep. They were the ones, I mean, we think about how, you know, we see, you know, all these things about, you know, the wool coming off and they have razors. They didn't have razors 2,000 years ago. They didn't like plug in razors, you know, to shear the sheep. They had, they had to do it. I don't even know how they did it. I don't know if they pulled out machetes, like, but somehow they had to shear the sheep. This was hard work. And then they had to sleep. When they would travel around, they had to create like rock walls like we see here. Every time I drive through New England, I just think, man, how did all these rock walls happen? Like somebody spent just months and months and months creating a rock wall. Well, that's what shepherds would have to do. And then without the help of GPS or without the help of a weather app, they had to go, okay, we have to go find new water. We have to go find new grass. We, you know, is it going to rain today? And they just kind of looked up in the sky. And, and as well, shepherds were not well-educated. They were not well-educated. People, when they sat in kindergarten, 
you know, as a Jewish boy, and they said, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? No one said, I want to be a shepherd. It was not a job that people aspired to. And so when we think about the announcement, the God, the God of the universe, now this announcement comes after 400 years of silence. Okay, at the end of the Old Testament, when we get to Malachi, God ceases to speak through anyone for 400 years. Now, this is what's important because in the silence of the night sky, and maybe you have felt this in December where you just laid in bed and you wondered, man, where's my life going? Like, is God out there? Like, am I on the right track? You've prayed for something that maybe God didn't answer the way that you wanted to this year or hasn't answered in your timetable. And the problem is, is often we will interpret silence as God's absence or God ignoring us or God not hearing us. But what we miss is that in that silence, God is actually doing so many things that we're unaware of. And for 400 years of silence, it wasn't because God wasn't moving. It wasn't because God wasn't doing something. It wasn't because God was asleep. It was because God was preparing things to happen. And when he came to announce that the Messiah, who these, the people of God have waited for generations, for thousands of years to come, he didn't go to the government. He didn't go to the wealthy. He didn't go to the college-educated he went to the blue-collar, uneducated, run-of-the-mill shepherds. Now, we take it for granted because we look at the nativity set and we're like, of course there were shepherds there. Why? <laughs> like, what would make us think that? And yet, here's what this shows us as we think about nativity sets, as we think about this story, is that it shows us that at any moment, God can break into your life. At any moment, God can speak to you. And this is the thing about Christmas Eve is it reminds us that we actually don't know what tomorrow holds. That we don't know what God's going to do. We don't know how God is going to speak. And, and here's what it shows us in Luke 2 as we're going to see. Is it shows us a simple idea that God comes and finds people in the everyday, ordinary places of life. Now I want you to think about where you spend the everyday, ordinary parts of your life. Okay? Maybe it's the office sitting there at your desk, in front of your computer. Maybe it's in the kitchen, endlessly doing chores. Maybe, if you have kids, it's the pickup line, where you're just the chauffeur, you're the Uber for your kids' you know, grand plans. But where do you spend the majority of your day? What do you spend the majority of your time thinking about? See, we have this idea that God only shows up in like kind of the grand moments of life, but yet God shows up throughout scripture to people when they are doing what they have done every day. The shepherds, they're out there on the hillside. And did you think, did one of them sit around the campfire that night and they're like, I bet this is the night the angels come. This is probably the night. I don't know if you guys know, this is probably it. No, that's not at all. They were just doing their job. Like, and we have this idea, and so many times people will talk and say, well, you know, it's only the people who go looking for God who find him. And while there's some truth in that, what we see throughout Scripture is God shows up again and again to people who were not looking for him. And he breaks in and he speaks, and when he does, it changes everything. And so when the angels come and they say to the shepherds, you're to go to Bethlehem and you're to find this baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And what's amazing is that when they show up, the angels say, don't be afraid. And we have this idea, uh, when we think about angels, we think of them as like Cupid, and they have like, you know, really cute togas on with arrows and clouds. And, but yeah, every time they show up in scripture, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. 
Okay, if they were like a cute, cuddly, like little kid at a toga, they wouldn't have to say, don't be afraid. There's something about them. And just imagine, just imagine if you had an experience where God broke in and a bright light shined and said, hey, (laughs) your first thought would be like, I've got to stop eating so late at night. That would be your first thought probably. And yet, the angels show up and they say, you're to go and find the Messiah. Now, here's what's amazing. Again, as the angels say to them, don't be afraid. These are like, these are men who kill bears and lions and wolves and protect their sheep. These are people that are probably not easily frightened. They sleep all of the time out under the stars. Okay? I, I mean, so they're, they're tough. I mean, for me, camping is like a one-star resort. Like, that's camping. That's, that's like my, like, level of camping and willingness to camp. Okay, so I couldn't do this. I couldn't be a shepherd. I couldn't be out there in the wilderness and be like, I would be like, nope, I need a mattress. But for them, the angels show up and say, don't be afraid. And then the sky fills, and I love this in verse 14. Luke records this, that the angels are singing glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. See, when we hear the word peace, and we hear this in so many Christmas songs and so many Christmas movies, And we think of world peace, we think of the end of wars and fighting, and while that is part of it, and our world needs that so desperately, whenever the Bible talks about God's peace, the main part of it, the heart of the peace that God brings, is peace between us and Him. And so when the angels show up and say that the Messiah is bringing God's peace, it's saying... This is the thing you have been waiting for. All of the peace that you hope to have in your relationships, in your life, in your world, happens through experiencing peace with God. And part of why Jesus came was to bring this peace. This peace between you and God, between us and God. And so then in verse 16, it says, They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. Like, I wonder, as Mary and Joseph are sitting there and these shepherds walk in, I wonder what, like, they thought. (laughs) Like, who are you guys? (laughs) Like, why are you here? And because he's in a manger, like, we have this picture of, like, you know, Jesus. And it's like, you know, this really nice shed that you could get at Home Depot. And it's like looks really nice in the tippy, but it's, it's like just a cave. It's just, it's not anything grand. And so the shepherds probably fit in because there's other animals. So they're probably like, oh, you smell like everything else in this room. And again, here's this reminder, because we have this idea that God only shows up to the people who have their act together, that God only shows up to the educated, that God only shows up to the wealthy. Or I'll hear, I'll hear people say, you know, well, I'll go to church or I'll, I'll, you know, I'll deal with my relationship with God once I get my life together. But the reality is, is that part of why you need to get your life together is because you need God. And so as the shepherds show up and Mary is just treasuring these things, why? Because the angel had come to Mary and said, all of these things will happen. All of these things will unfold. And it says that they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Why? Because these are uneducated guys. And so when you think 
there's nothing that I could do for God. I'm too young. I'm too uneducated. I'm too old. The shepherds are the picture that anybody can do anything for God. The shepherds are the reminder that God is not done with your life yet. That Jesus didn't come. The kingdom of God is not just for the put together, the ones with many zeros in their bank account, the ones who have all the degrees. No, the kingdom of God is for everybody. And I love this next verse in verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This is such a funny detail to me. The shepherds returned. Returned to what? To life, to their sheep. You would think that after the angels came, an army of angels came to announce the long-awaited Messiah, that they would like at least create an Instagram page or a TikTok account. You would think that they would at least do the morning shows and be like, guys, you, gotta, you won't believe what happened while we were out there. Like, I got to tell you. And it's because it was us. Like, you know, it's because we're shepherds. Everybody needs to be a shepherd to hear from God. I mean, they could have gone on this whole tour. Instead, what do they do? They just went back to life. They just went back to life. And here's what this shows us, this amazing, amazing picture, is we have this idea and, and we ask God and we hope that God will somehow come to us and like rip us out of our lives. But instead, God meets us for the moment we're in. God gives us the strength for the moment that we're in. See, I love what one author says. He says, God, God seems to imply that seeing God's glory, hearing his voice, receiving his good news, and beholding his love was not meant to deliver us and take us away from the ordinary life, but instead to provide the means to persevere there. Here's what the Christmas story shows us. And this is so important as you go about the rest of your day, as you spend time with friends and family tomorrow and tonight, is that there's a chance that you're going to look across the table at somebody that you really wish didn't show up this year. Hopefully you're not sitting next to them right now. But if you are, just eyes forward, just eyes forward, eyes on the preacher. There's a chance that you're not going to get all the things you hoped for this year. There's a chance students... That the iPhone 15 Pro Max plus 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 is not there. That the PS94 didn't arrive yet. And yet, the Christmas story shows us that God shows up so that. Not that we would be pulled out of the relationship that's really hard. Not that we would be pulled away from the disappointment that we have carried this past year or the loss, or the grief, or the pain, but instead that we would have the strength to put one foot in front of the other. And in Christmas, I, lo I love this part of the shepherds, that they just returned. And in each of our lives, God gives us the strength for the moment we're in.